When I retired, with lots of newfound available time, I enjoyed many travel opportunities. This podcast may encourage you to visit, revisit, or experience virtual armchair travel, learning about exciting new venues. Travel is an excellent vehicle for lifelong learning. Welcome to the What Travel Writers Say podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host, and today we take the Roman Guys Express Vatican Tour with Skip the Line tickets. In Rome, in a mere three hours, we visited the world's smallest country, the Vatican City, which conversely involves the longest tourism queues that I have ever seen. Wisely, we elected to take the Roman Guys Express Vatican Tour, that is a shorter 2.5-hour tour in comparison to their regular 3.5-hour tour. It's a quicker version for those who have less time or who simply want to see the best highlights in a shorter time frame. A quick overview at €64. But in order to successfully skip the early morning lineups, we had to rise at 5 a.m. to manage our hotel breakfast at 5.30 and then taxi to the Vatican to meet our tour guide, Rafa, in front of Café Vaticano. Dark when we arrived at 7 a.m., the restaurant, which sits across the street from the Vatican Museum, was not yet open. Nonetheless, it's important to get an early start before the museum opens because soon, wave after wave of coaches will deposit hordes of tourists who form queues that grow to immense proportions, forcing waits of two or more hours just to get in. Rafa kept us entertained as we waited for the doors to open by showing our group of eight some of the visual highlights that she carried in book form of the Vatican Museum's Sistine Chapel, and St. Peter's Basilica. We started with the Vatican Museum and examined incredible statuary in the Pio Clementino area, marveling at one of the largest and most impressive art collections contained in a series of interconnected galleries. We viewed the gallery of the tapestries and the gallery of maps, with incredibly ornate ceilings in gold relief. The latter contains a series of painted topographical maps of Italy based upon drawings by Ignazio Dante, a Dominican-Italian friar born in Perugia in 1536. Commissioned by Pope Gregory XIII in 1580, Dante required three years, 1580 to 1583, to create 40 panels which cover the 120 meters long gallery, which depict the Italian peninsula, including Sardinia and Corsica, each fresco a different region. Unfortunately, we breezed quickly through the museum where I could have remained much longer. We headed outside to the pine cone courtyard and the large statue, the pigna or pine, cast out of bronze in the first or second century by the sculptor Publius Cincius Salvius. The sphere within a sphere is part of a series of similar bronze sculptures located all over the world. It depicts a huge fractured orb symbolizing the fragility and complexity of the world. Arnaldo Pomodoro, an Italian sculptor, created these orbs beginning in the early 1960s. 
Next, we headed inside the Sistine Chapel, the Piazza de Resistance, Michelangelo's masterpiece, where no photography is allowed, nor conversation, but the guards had difficulty enforcing the latter. The chapel derives its name from Pope Sixtus IV, who restored it between 1477 and 1480. Today, it's the site of the Papal Conclave, the process by which a new pope is selected. Frescoes decorate the interior and ceiling. The Last Judgment featured on one wall, all by Michelangelo. Between 1508 and 1512, under the patronage of Pope Julius II, he painted the ceiling. Between 1535 and 1541, he painted the Last Judgment for Popes Clement VII and Paul III. Seats around the walls allow one to sit and contemplate Michelangelo's genius. Again, I could easily have remained here longer, but we were off to St. Peter's Basilica. St. Peter's Basilica is among the world's biggest churches and one of the most famous pieces of Renaissance architecture. Designed by Michelangelo, Carlo Maderno, Donato, Bramate, and Gian Bernini Lorenzo. Catholics consider it amongst the holiest places in the world, built over the tomb containing the remains of St. Peter the First Pope. As I enter to my right in the first chapel, a crowd forms around Michelangelo's Pieta, a marble sculpture of Mary holding the dead body of Christ, created in 1499 to 1500 when Michelangelo was only 25. The only work that bears his signature etched on the ribbon that runs across Mary's chest. The sculpture was heavily damaged in 1972 when a visitor smashed it with a hammer, and now it's protected by bulletproof glass screens. Inside the basilica are sculptures, paintings, and many beautiful embellishments, including several tombs of popes. Most paintings are mosaic replicas of the originals because humidity was ruining the oil painting. The floor exhibits a colorful marble pattern and I search out the red porphyry disc near the central door in the old church located in front of the main altar. Emperors, most notably Charles the Great in 800 AD, were crowned while standing on the disc. There are also bronze markings that compare the size of the church with that of others that are smaller, including St. Paul's Cathedral in London and the Cologne Cathedral. The central dome forms Rome's skyline, west of the Tiber River, near the Janiculum Hill in Hadrian's Mausoleum. The 406-kilometer-long Tiber was a main route for commerce and travel. The chair of St. Peter is a relic placed inside a beautifully sculpted bronze casing, designed by Gian Lorenzo Bernini between the years 1647 and 1653. After a brief excursion underneath the main floor, we wrap up our Vatican tour. Rafa was knowledgeable and steered us to bathroom breaks just in time. The tour was informative, but I think too brief. So next time I will take the longer tour, particularly to maximize more time in the exhaustive museum. Many return there for a second visit. To read my travel articles, go to my website at whattravelwriterssay.com and for travel pictures, go to my Pinterest boards at pinterest.com backslash mustang6648 backslash. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. We conclude each podcast with an appropriate travel quote. Today it's from Ralph Waldo Emerson who said, Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Thanks for listening. Happy travels and tune in again next week for another What Travel Writers Say podcast.